Looking for a fun way to win up to 25 times your money this football season? Test your skills on Prize Picks, the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Just select two or more players, pick more or less on their projection for a wide variety of statistics, and place your entry. It's as easy as that. If you have the skills, you can turn $10 into $250 with just a few taps. Easy gameplay, quick withdrawals, and an enormous selection of players and stat options are what make Prize Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. Ready to test your skills? Join the Prize Picks community of more than 7 million football fans who have already signed up. Right now, Prize Picks will match your first deposit up to $100. Just visit prizepicks.com/get100 and use code GET100. That's code GET100 at prizepicks.com slash get100 for a first deposit matchup to $100. Prize Picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. Drivers, start your engines! What's going on, FA Nation? Welcome back. This is the Fantasy Alarm NASCAR DFS Podcast. I'm Dan Malin, and I am joined, as always, by the FSWA three-time NASCAR Writer of the Year, Matt Sells. Matt, how are we doing? We are at Michigan this weekend. Uh, I'm doing pretty well. This is <clears throat> this race falls at an interesting time in the schedule. We were talking about this before we started recording. It's the last, quote-unquote, standard race mm-hmm. of the regular season because of the three races left before the playoffs start. Um, are two road courses in Daytona. So if you want a shot to win at a standard track, this is about your last shot <laughs> to do it. Um, you know, are, are, do you want to talk about the uh, some of the news we just got during it, practice and qualifying and then post-qualifying? Yeah, I mean, it, it, we started today as a pretty standard Saturday. Uh, we knew we were going to get pra- cup practice and qualifying. We were going to get an Xfinity Series race, and – Prior to qualifying, we got some pretty big news. Uh, Noah Gregson suspended, obviously, for liking uh, a meme on Twitter that was very insensitive. Uh, <clears throat> won't go get into the details, but it's it it it's just a really bad look on an yep. already forgetful and just awful season for Gregson in his debut with the Cup Series. Yeah, so. I would say he was ready for his rookie year to be over in June because I think it was where did he wreck out like before the All Star race or the Father's Day break? I guess uh, he wrecked out and they had an interview with him at the care center. Yeah, and he was just like, "Well, let's just get the car fixed up and get ready for next year." Yeah, I was like, uh, "It's the beginning of June. Like, may have been Kansas or something. I don't, I don't remember exactly." But I was like, "Oh, this kid's." Yeah, he just didn't seem interested. Right. Like, didn't even care that the next week was, like, Sonoma. Didn't care that, you know, maybe it was Kansas next. I don't remember. But, so, you know, there's that. Then he goes and likes an Instagram post that was clearly racist. Let's just put it that way. Um, And gets caught doing it. And then gets suspended. Originally, it was just for this race. And then Josh Berry was going to take his seat. Now NASCAR has suspended him indefinitely, which we're presuming is the rest of the season while he goes through sensitivity training and, you know, same type of stuff that Kyle Larson did. But it's bigger than that because now we have to see where he winds up next year because, remember, Legacy is switching to Toyota 
next year from Chevy. So now, does Toyota want him in the car? Do they have a problem with it? What happens if he's in the car and now he's got to be, you know, manufacturer teammates with Bubba Wallace and the owner, Michael Jordan? Like, there's some interesting stuff. Not to mention his his performance has not been good, like, at all. Uh, <clears throat> Eric Jones in the same bad equipment has easily outperformed him. Yeah, Jones so, has turned it around. Yeah, he definitely has. We'll talk about him a little later in the podcast, actually. Um, but then we also got some some news on a on a good note. Martin yeah. Gibbs Jr. is coming back. Thank God. Yeah, I was not sure what I was not sure what Joe Gibbs Racing was going to do next year if, if he stepped away. I there's nobody able enough to fill in for him from Xfinity. Not like you know having a built-in replacement in Ty Gibbs. And I'm not sure. Again, we don't know who's actually free agents at the end of the year because driver contracts are usually very secretive. Like, Corey LaJoy signed a multi-year contract. Okay, is that two years? Is that five? Is it six? Is it three? Nobody knows. Um, We're pretty sure none of the Hendrick guys are up, right? Uh, I think we can confidently say that all of Hendrick is at least locked up for the next two years, I would say. maybe Right, I think. Probably, but I think we, we know who the core four for Hendrick are for the next two years. Yeah. Um, so I don't know exactly who's, who's up or who would fill that spot, you know, so good for, good for Truex. Enjoy watching him. I think he still has enough to compete going into next year. Um, so that, that's some good news, I guess. <laughs> we'll have to see who fills in, in the 42, the rest of the way. I know it's Josh Berry this week. I don't know who it is going forward. Yeah, that's a very interesting proposition. Because he's still he's still competing <clears throat> for an Xfinity championship, right. right? And their schedules don't necessarily always align the rest of the way. Yeah, right. Then, are you going to talk to SHR? Because he's under contract next year for Harvick. Do you want him driving a? I mean, I guess it behooves SHR to have them get more track time in a cup car. <laughs> right. But it's a Chevy versus a Ford, so there's a little difference there. Uh, I don't know. It's very <laughs> – we'll have to see. Does Cole Carpenter make a comeback? I don't know. Oh, my God. Uh, but we can at least turn our attention uh, to Michigan, uh, especially for tomorrow's Firekeepers Casino 400. Very interesting track with Michigan. It's a high-speed uh, intermediate kind of track where you just need the best engine. Uh, and we, we will more than likely see the best teams and the best cars uh, running up front. That's kind of how I analyze it for the Xfinity Series race. Uh, didn't really like previewing the Xfinity race because it's just in the Xfinity Series, for the most part, we've seen the best teams, you know, run up front and win this year. Um, and, you know, there there's like a huge gap between the best teams in Xfinity and the, the really bad teams. In the Cup Series, because of how they've set up the next-gen card, they did try to level the field. So it's not as wide of a gap between the best teams and uh, the less-funded teams in the Cup Series. But overall, you know, like Michigan, high-speed track, you need a good engine under the hood. I like – I know Pocono is not a direct correlation, but I do like – you know, if a guy was good two weeks ago at Pocono, I feel good about them possibly nailing the setup for – uh, Michigan as well. But then, you know, we also have the standard intermediates like Kansas and Vegas and Charlotte that we can also turn to. Correct. Yeah. So in terms of correlation, we are avoiding auto club this week. Does not correlate very well, despite it being a sister track, almost identical 
size, layout, whatnot. The high tire wear makes it basically uncomparable to Michigan. It's also slightly different in banking. Um, now it's defunct also because they're tearing it down to go with a short track. Um, so what we're looking at this week, we're looking at basically a six-race sample size. We're looking at Michigan from last year. We're looking at Vegas, Kansas, Charlotte from this year. A little bit of Nashville because it's the driving style is relatively the same, even though it's like a mile shorter. And Pocono from two weeks ago because it's basically full throttle all the time. It's a momentum track. If you nail the first corner, it feeds into the straightaway. If you nail that one, it feeds into the short shoot. So those are pretty much the six tracks we're looking at this week for comparable data. Um, you can go back to previous Michigan races. I wouldn't really go past the Gen 7 car, though, because everything changed with how it's driven. Um, but one thing we do want to pay attention to is if we're if we're caught between a couple of drivers, I'm going to give the edge to a Ford driver. <laughs> is that simply because Kevin Harvick has just been so damn good here the last seven years with five wins? I mean, he's been end? ridiculous, but... No, Ford puts a lot of – I mean, you do have to go back to, like, 2018 to find a Chevy that won this race, and you got to go back to 2015 to find a Toyota. Um, Ford puts a lot of pressure on their drivers to do well at this track. It's 76 miles down the road from Ford's headquarters in Dearborn, Michigan. Um, so there's that. But I also like the Roush Yates engines in the Fords for okay. – tracks that are big momentum a lot of throttle time a lot of you know um high speed right the same reason we like them at plate tracks same reason i like them at the high speed tracks because their engines just do better with more on throttle time um not to say we're avoiding chevys or toyotas they'll be in there too because we can't just build off a ford but if we're talking mid-tier guys and you're unsure Based on like they've run basically similar stats and whatnot, I'm going to give the edge to the Ford. Okay, interesting. Um, all right, so with 200 laps on the docket for Sunday's race, we have 200 laps, 400 miles. Yes, uh, it's going to come out to about 140 dominator points at the most when you account for cautions and everything. We probably settled between 125 and 130. Is it? This is shaping up to be your fairly standard. Uh, two dominator race. Would you entertain three dominators? Cause I think in this race a year ago, didn't we see like six drivers lead 20 laps? Let me check. I have a racing, <clears throat> I had racing reference open and now it got closed. So I, um, it's so for me, we're either going to go with like one dominator or we're going to go with like three dominators. You think that in the next gen car, this could be a one dom race. I think so. Like Michigan is typically like a very green flag friendly race like okay. there's not usually a ton of cautions here in fact last year let's see they had a grand total and they did have a decent amount of cautions seven last year but um it was the first so year in the next gen car too so it was the first year in the next gen car um so let me go ahead and check on the laps led yeah we had two at 38 22 29 33 31 yeah but the question is, do we really want to take what we saw last year as what we're going to see this year? Because teams were still kind of figuring out the Gen 7 car. Yeah. Um, but I do think with how certain teams have been running, I think we could see a little bit of a runaway uh, from like midway through the race onward. 
All right, uh, let's take a look at the starting order. Um, we have six drivers on DraftKings priced at $10,000 or more. Kyle Larson is 10-8 starting P17. Denny Hamlin is 10-7 starting P13. Martin Truex Jr. back for another year, 10-5 at any starting fifth. Kevin Harvick, we have to assume he's going to be very popular. He starts P22. Um, I'm going to be honest, I didn't have eyes on practice or qualifying. Um Given the track history, uh, fairly safe to say that Kevin Harvick, even if he doesn't lead laps, but he's just so consistent with top tens, like cash game lock at that price tag, or are you paying up for dominators if you're going over the $10,000 mark? Well, I will be paying up for dominators plus Kevin Harvick. Because um, <laughs> at this point, given what he's done at this track, it's a little hard to ignore that, right? We just talked about him leading 38 laps last year. Well, he started 16th and pulled that off, right? Um, in the 2020 race, the well, he won both of them in 2020, by the way. they <laughs> He started the first one third, won it, and then because he won it, he started 20th in the, in the second of the back-to-backs because they inverted the field. Mm-hmm. And then he went out and won that one too because it's Michigan and Kevin Harvick. And they go together really well. And by the way, he started 20th and led 90 laps. So, yes. Can can a guy start mid-pack and lead a bunch of laps? Yeah, he can. Now, granted, that was not the Gen 7 car. Um, but Kevin Harvick has started a bunch of different spots and won a bunch of races here. Last year, he came into Michigan without having a win and won it. It's true. And then he went back-to-back with uh, – oh, because they flip-flopped Richmond and Michigan this year because it was – it was correct. Michigan first last year, then Richmond this year. Yes. Richmond. Okay. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah. It was a really good stretch for him last year. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and he also looked pretty good at Pocono a couple of weeks mm-hmm. ago. So, yeah, I'm fine with Kevin Harvick. That's about where he practiced. And no, I'm not that concerned about that because it's Kevin Harvick at Michigan. Um, you know, if you look at Nick Giffen's flags ratings, it is what it is. Like he's mid pack. But again, it's Kevin Harvick in Michigan, and they will find a way to make that car better. Um, as for other dominators, the two there that I'm most likely to pay up for is Truex and Hamlin. Yeah, I kind of agree. I know we just spent a whole bunch of time talking mm-hmm. about Fords, but those two dudes have been fast at the similar tracks. Um, in fact, I wrote my betting piece over at PixWise. I'm taking – Pre-qualifying, you could get Martin Truex Jr. plus 140 for a top-five finish. His average finish in those six similar races we talked about, mm-hmm. 4.8. So I don't understand why it was a plus 140 for Truex with a top-five. He's starting fifth. I think he should hold it. I think he's jazzed up because he announced he's coming back. Hamlin's won a couple of races at similar tracks. I think he has two wins at Michigan, too, doesn't he? Uh, yeah, he also shoved Kyle Larson out of the way at Pocono to win that one a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> yeah. um, so there's that. Um, Byron I'll probably pay too. I think he might be the most played guy in this 10000 range on DK because he's the cheapest of them and he's been lightning fast basically everywhere. Uh, do you feel okay about Bell going out there potentially leading 20 to 30 laps and still grabbing a top five to potentially be optimal? He's 9,800, so he's right under this. Yeah, 10, I mean, he's starting on the pole. That's been a pretty yeah. good spot um, for Michigan uh, previously. Um, like we said, if we go back to last year's race, the first one in the Gen 7, uh, 
Bubba started on the pole, finished second, led 22 laps in that race. So if you figure that a similar mm-hmm. kind of showing, that's perfectly fine at 9800 bucks. Uh, how do you feel about Tyler Reddick this week? Historically, not a great track for him, but uh, we do like the Toyotas this week. Um, the Toyotas have been much better at Michigan. And so this is – it's an equipment upgrade for him, in my opinion. Um, and I just – I, I it, it's been kind of underwhelming for him this year because I think he had, what, three wins last year with RCR and he only has one this year on a road course. Uh, but starting – P15 at 9,200, like top five, I think is within reach. And I, I do like the speed that he's shown. Um, he finished second at Pocono a couple weeks ago. I mean, granted, there was the whole Denny Hammond and uh, Kyle Larson situation, but. No, but he was there he, challenging. Yeah. May have made a run at one of them had the other one not hit the wall. Um, you you talk about how it's been, and it was a rough it was a rough ride for him in Michigan last year in the eight car. He started sixth, finished 29th. Not ideal. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, do you remember who piloted the forty five car in Michigan last year? Gibbs. Yes. Got to stop. One of his first in one of his first Cup races, he started eleventh and finished tenth. Yeah. So, if we trust the car and the team that knows how to set it up, and Tyler yeah. Reddick is just piloting that car it could be a very good solid day for reddick i mean he if we're basing it off of if we combine the two practice sessions and lap averages and whatnot he ran about 10th so there's some upside there with reddick and perhaps we get some people going well michigan isn't that great for him i don't really care what he did at pocono you know maybe we get some leverage on the field with him I don't hate that. I feel like the rest of the well, I, I can't say I feel this way. It's just it's just how it is. But the rest of the nine K range is just filled with guys that are starting in the top ten. Uh, you got Blaney and Logano of Penske. Chase Elliott starting P ten. Um, I don't like Chastain at nine. At nine, especially starting second. I just don't see that. Do you see the upside there? No, and if I was to play him, it would strictly be for leverage, assuming that he can somehow get around Christopher Bell on the opening lap and maybe lead and win the first stage. But I'm kind of with you, like since since Nashville, and I know he won Nashville, and that was you made the point that it's it's, it's we can draw some comparisons just in the yeah. style of racing. Uh, but I, I just don't love the play because since that win, he doesn't have any top tens, and he only has one top twenty in his last five races. So it's it's just hard to trust him. It would strictly be uh, a roster ship play for Ross Chastain. Yeah, not to mention that he's starting second, right? So that gets you forty two finish points. If he finishes second, you still need laps led and dominator points to hit. If we're looking for five x, which we are, nine k is forty five points, right? So just driving around for a couple hours in second place doesn't get you the value you need out of Ross Chastain. Uh, the AK range, Bubba Wallace, man, I do like him this week. He's in a Toyota, um, and he's. By the way, here's a. If we look at the six similar races, Denny Hamlin is tied with another driver for the most top fives in that span. Is it Bubba? It's Bubba with four. Yeah. I mean, he won Kansas last year. Surprisingly, he won oh, here last year. Yeah, coming off a really good run last week at Richmond. I mean, led eighty laps. I mean, finished twelfth. But either way, really good showing from him last week. And 
gets a a thirteen hundred dollar price tag bump this week. But yeah, I mean, he, he and you don't need dominator points from Bubba at all. Like if he can finish top five again, he's probably optimal at just eighty eight hundred. Um, yeah. How do you feel about Gibbs though? Starting third. Starting third, he's only 8,100. Got a top 10 here last year. Uh, very good track for him. He won the Xfinity race last year. He was the odds on favorite to win Saturday's Xfinity Series race, which is about to get started shortly. So he's starting third. He's 8,100, which means 5X is what, 40 and a half? About, yeah. You want to guess what the finish position points are for finishing third? Not good. 41. Oh, there you go. If he starts third and finishes third, he hits value. Doesn't even have to get any laps left or fastest lap. So there's the difference between Chastain and Gibbs. Why am I more likely to play Gibbs? A. Salary. Salary. B. Easier path to value. And C. I straight up trust Ty Gibbs more right now than Charles Chastain, which is a sentence I didn't think I was going to say this early in Gibbs's cup career. But he's been solid. There's been no – I mean – Last year, in one of his first cup starts in this car, he started 11th and finished 10th. So mm -hmm. he can hold top 10 spots. And can we honestly say that there's anybody starting behind him that we're guaranteeing is going to bump him back like four or five spots? I don't think so. I'm curious where you stand on this. <clears throat> pretty much this, I guess we could call it the Bowman line because he's an even $8,000. He starts P20. There are a lot of intriguing plays basically from this point down. And you could make an argument, whether it's, you know, an ownership play, uh, equipment play, like even Austin Dillon, who at P16 and 7,200, I'm thinking, well, I don't really want to play him. But at the same time, he can randomly show up and grab a top 10 any week. Uh, he was top 10 last week. He was surprisingly top 10 at New Hampshire. Um didn't have a great run at Pocono. I'm going to guess he wrecked. I can't remember off the top of my head, which is very unfortunate. But really, like we've got <clears> – <throat> we've oh, got – nice... Yeah, he got he got taken out and hit the wall pretty pretty hard. But we have enough – That was why he threw the helmet. Yeah, but there's enough like position differential plays in this range, and you could really spread, spread exposure around in this basically 8K range on down. And – Strangely enough, we get Josh Berry at $6,400 starting P35. Which, trivia question, he's $800 more than the guy he's replacing on DK. And he's the same price as Noah Graxon was on FanDuel. And mm -hmm. FanDuel, I don't know what you're doing, man, because Austin Hill <laughs> is more expensive than Josh Berry is <laughs> this week, which I, I don't know. If your rule of thumb is just sub in the sub for how much the original dude was, Okay, but Josh Berry's better than Noah Graxon. Do you kind of uh, just plug Barry into your cash lineup, like set it and forget it? Yes. Yeah. So cheap and all. He's starting thirty fifth. Yeah, so. I mean, you can you can pretty much finish top twenty five, and you're kind of just hoping for that. Yeah. Um, Bowman's intriguing this week. I don't know what to make of Almarola. To be perfectly honest, I mean it's a Ford, but it's Almarola. Um, who you thought I was ref referencing in the Discord? <laughs> Denny Hamlin could smell. Uh, ammonia, yeah. and you read it as Almarola, and then got a waft of bacon in your nose, uh, which is arguably better than smelling ammonia. Um, Almondinger starting 24th is interesting to me. He ran better than that in practice, and I think 
he's out to prove a point that he didn't screw up last weekend by skipping Richmond's practice and qualifying. He won there in the in the Xfinity series two years ago, too. Yeah. Um, he's interesting. I'm going to go back to a guy that I really like in places he's comfortable, and that's Eric Jones. Yeah, we were talking about him at the top of the podcast. Um, two things. Go ahead. Put up three fingers for two things. I'll, ma- I'll, I'll make it three things. One, <laughs> home track. How close to a home track? The guy can sleep at his parents' house this weekend and still make it to track on time for practice and, and racing. Okay? Second, he he got married this week. Midweek. Uh-huh. He, that's why he was not at the Richmond tire test and Noah Gregson had to fill in for him because he was supposed to be there in New Hampshire until it got moved when the New Hampshire race got moved. He couldn't do the Richmond one because he couldn't be at Richmond and then planning and getting ready for his wedding, which was in like Wednesday in Michigan. Uh, so he got married, got a ring put on it. And in the last six similar races, Jones has three top 10 finishes including back-to-back P8 and P9s at the similar track. Like, he ran P9 at Pocono. Yeah. That's where he ran where he finished. Got four fastest laps, too. So, I have no problem with Jones this week. Starting 25th is nice. Um, I feel like you might also like Stenhouse for the same reasons. I do. I think – I mean, not for the marriage narrative he's been married. (laughs) Good point. Um, Nor the home track because he's from another M state in Mississippi. Um but he ran better than that than that qualifying spot. Like in practice, he ran inside the top eighteen or so. Mm-hmm. Um, Eric Jones's speed in practice, not like right there with Stenhouse. So both of them, I think, can easily pull off top twenties at that price. And we're splitting. I mean, we're splitting hairs between guys here. I'm fine with Barry. Except in GPPs, I'd probably fade Barry because I think he's going to be pretty highly owned. Yeah, I think with Barry, it's pretty much you're hoping he does this week what Almondinger did last week because Almondinger started 36 last week. And we were talking about this in the Discord, but it's like, you know, if he finished 20th, he's pretty much returning. I think it was 6x value. Yeah. And if he does that, then he would have probably been optimal easily. Um, but ultimately, like, if you faded Almondinger, you finished 27th, and he only got 25 points. Good, not great. Um, but you're kind of hoping, like, for Barry, you're hoping it's the same. He's basically this week's A.J. Almondinger. Yeah, apologies for the interruption. My kids apparently have no idea that I'm on a podcast, even though I've been afternoon. Yeah, I think you're exactly right. I think you're playing Barry – in cash hoping he hits at least 5x and you're going lighter on him than the field in gpps on the off chance he doesn't hit 6x uh every driver at 5500 and down uh they are starting p30 or worse is there anybody in this range that you might entertain dumpster diving for uh, maybe legit i don't know i'm always drawn to LaJoy, <clears throat> but like I mean, he, he's got some good vibes coming his way, too, because he just signed that contract extension. But he comes in with four straight finishes outside the top 25. Yeah, I mean, he spun, too. Um, the practice qualifying, I can't remember which. Cole Custer's not that intriguing because it's Cole Custer. Um, if Ty Dillon's car was better, he'd be intriguing, but it's not better. So, you know. It's um, the same equipment as LaJoy, isn't it? Yeah, but somehow it always finishes worse than LaJoy. So. <laughs> 
Um, I mean, none of these guys are really. I don't know. I don't know that we have to necessarily play any of them this week. I think Gilliland is going to be a guy that could draw a lot of attention just because um, he's averaged like 27 and a half fantasy points per race this year. But the form has been lacking a little bit. I, mean, I don't he, know. He, he, was, he was great at Pocono a couple weeks ago getting a top team. Yeah, he was great at Pocono, but like – He's finished 27th or worse in four of the six comparable tracks, mm-hmm. including 31st, 33rd, 35th. And the 33rd and 35th came directly before Pocono. So I, I don't know. I don't know that we necessarily need to dive that deep. We're running up against the clock here. But, like, if you go with Byron at 10K in the hopes that he can lead some laps starting seventh, right? And then we look at. I don't know you liked you liked Reddick in the starting fifteen, so we go there. And if you go Gibbs at eighty one hundred, and then we go with Eric Jones because I really like him. You're talking about you got seventy seven hundred bucks for the last two spots. So you know, talk about the Bowman line. Bowman's at eight thousand, right? So you could go with like I don't know Bubba at eighty eight hundred, and you've still got sixty six hundred dollars left. Which gets you, I mean, no, I mean, it gets you Barry, right? 34. They're starting 35th at 6,400. Well, you could also do that start of Byron Reddick Jones, swap out Gibbs for Stenhouse, who offers much more PD, then go LaJoy, and you could fit in any other potential dominator to go with Byron that you wanted because you would have 11. That's true. You got Gibbs. I mean, Gibbs is starting third, so there's a chance he leads laps. But like, yeah, you know, take out Barry. Well, but yeah, you could fit. I don't know if we want MTJ. You're still talking. You got six grand left. You could get. I don't know what to what to do with Austin Cindric, who had the electrical issue at practice. Mm-hmm. Um. But yeah, there, there's a few different. So I don't know that you need to go below like six grand this week. Uh, any final thoughts as we uh, wrap up this preview of Michigan? Um, not necessarily. I mean, I got, you know, the um, my favorite bet this week is Eric Jones top 10, by the way, plus 3,300. Or plus, sorry, plus 330. Um, that's my favorite. That's my favorite prop bet of the week. All right. Um, I think it's also worth mentioning that no Michigan-born driver has ever won at Michigan. Correct. So that means Kozlowski and Jones are fighting to be the first one to win it. Well, Matt, thank you so much for your time. Best of luck to you this week at Michigan, and best of luck to the FA Nation. Best of luck, FA Nation. Looking for a fun way to win up to 25 times your money this football season? Test your skills on prize picks the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Just select two or more players, pick more or less on their projection for a wide variety of statistics, and place your entry. It's as easy as that. If you have the skills, you can turn $10 into $250 with just a few taps. Easy gameplay, quick withdrawals, and an enormous selection of players and stat options are what make Prize Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. Ready to test your skills? Join the Prize Picks community of more than 7 million football fans who have already signed up. 
Right now, Prize Picks will match your first deposit up to $100. Just visit prizepicks.com/get100 and use code get100. That's code get100 at prizepicks.com/get100 for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize Picks, daily fantasy sports made easy.